evening, everyone. Hey, bit quiet. Good evening, everyone. Hey, <laughs> uh, I just want to say thanks to, to Prue and Denise and Amy who led us tonight. That was awesome. Just great worship. It's awesome to, to be led so well. Uh, well, Kia Fano, it's uh, great to have you with us too, and, and to those joining us online, a real blessing to have you with us uh, following uh, through Facebook and through our website. Um, I uh, am enjoying doing research and reading and looking into the series. Um, there's something about this series that I hope actually becomes a foundation to us moving forward uh, this year, because so much of about what we're talking about here is good for all of life and all of church participation. In fact, I, I actually firmly believe that what we're talking about last week, this week, and the coming weeks is transformational for the way we walk with Jesus. And uh, it's a, it's, I'm in series. Um, I, I love that title because it says that I'm actually in and invested in the church I'm in as a Christian, I'm willing, Lord, to go where you're calling me to go and to do what you're calling me to do. And that's a big thing for us to, to step into. And we've got to understand what that means and, and get to the bottom of that. And tonight, we're into the second week of that. Um, there is something transformational in the human psyche uh, when we know how valued we are and how treasured and pre, uh, our presence is. So how valued you are and how treasured your presence is. Just think about, you know, family time. I know that um, my mum, you know, she really loves when we come round and we sit at her table. And, and I know that Deb's mum loves that when we come round and the whole family sitting there. It's just that there's a special moment. And I know Deb's dad is particularly awake when the whole family's there. Normally he's asleep in his chair. But when the family comes for dinner, John's awake and he's, he's on fire. He's, he's there keeping attention to us. There is something about being treasured and, 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 and valued, your presence in that place. And tonight we're going to have a little look at that. Um, it's not just about family though, is it? We, we get that feeling there's something transformational about that when we know it in our workplace as well. Uh, you know, I, I know that one of, our, one of our key values as a church is that we want to become a place where this is the greatest place to work in Tauranga. Uh, let's make it all of New Zealand. Um, there is something cool about being a part of a staff team that love each other, that care for each other, and they care that where the other ones are. And Mon's talking about Darren tonight, who might be watching at home. You know, we're thinking about him. Why? Because we care. You're a treasured position, a part of who we are. This series is focused on starting the year right. And uh, last week we started with I'm Invited, trying to understand a little bit what it means as God's people to know and live from the understanding that, that God invited us to be his children, that he's invited us into his kingdom. God called us. He sent his son to us. There's something about that that changes our heart and our mind when we really grab hold of that. And over a summer period, we can get into this place of, you know, we're having holidays and that's a good thing. And we can actually just put those things aside. We can just sort of, that thing just slowly drips away and becomes a little bit of a distant, distant memory. And it, it doesn't uh, fuel us the way it used to. It doesn't become that, that, that power with which we, we live from. And so I'm Invited was week one. Go to the next one, turn it on, might help Rob. Sorry, production team, that was me, not you. Oh. Tonight, I'm invaluable, and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Next week, we are 
talking about I'm influential. When we know that we're invited and how valued we are in God's kingdom, then we become uh, more um, satisfied and, 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 and I grow into this um, understanding what it means to be influential in God's world. And lastly, Mon's going to bring us um, a message on what does it mean to be invested. When we live from those two places, we invest ourselves differently. Okay, so those are the four weeks coming up. But I'm in. I'm in is the series. Can you say I'm in with me? I'm in. Sorry? I'm in? Good. Okay, there we go. We're waking up. I'm in. I'm in. Cut it out, Robert's being hailing today. Was it hailing today? Come on. All right, as we, uh, as we kick off tonight, let me pray. Uh, Father, we're just so thankful to be able to gather in this place, to be led so well by, by worship teams, and, and to know, Lord, that we're a part of your family here. Uh, Father, we pray and we open ourselves to your Spirit's leading. Lord, as we investigate your word, as we, as we seek it for its truth, Lord, may your Spirit illuminate it and bring it to life in us, we pray in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. So tonight, we are invaluable. We are invaluable to Christ. We're invaluable to his community and to his, and to his people. And we are priceless. We're in the space where we've got to understand our value. Okay, And there's some sitting here tonight who may be questioning that in some way or another. Maybe over the summer period, something's come to mind. Maybe you've had an experience and you've begun questioning whether or not you are valuable and useful in God's kingdom. And we can get to that place where uh, actually we, we, we don't know how to deal with that. Um, to know that we are indispensable, to know that we are irreplaceable, transforms our living. Ephesians 1, one of my favorite passages, it says, uh, it reminds us that you are called and you are chosen. When Paul's talking to the Ephesians, he wants them to understand that, that God called them specifically. He chose them. He gifted them. He prepared them for something that he uh, was preparing in advance for them. And so when we, when we grasp, a little, uh, grasp hold of that a little bit, um, it changes who we are. And I want to talk to you about the reality that you are invaluable to God's work, to God's church, to God's people. And we're going to explore that a little bit more tonight. Uh, now, I, I feel I need to be really clear what this word invaluable is, okay? Because there'll be some in the room who might be thinking the opposite of what it is. It means you are valued. This doesn't mean that you're not valued, okay? It doesn't mean the opposite. You are valued. You are uniquely valuable. Um, I love the story in Luke 15 that Jesus told a parable about a shepherd that was uh, out in the field and, and one of the sheep ran away. And uh, within me, I'm like, oh, no, when I first read that, uh, what are you doing, Jesus? Why are you going after that one? The 99 are over here. Okay. What was happening inside me was I was, I was in a place of, what is more valuable, the 99 or the one? We had uh, some kids this week that we had to eject from youth group, and uh, they were just being kids. Um, but my thing is that that one kid that went away, that was me once. That was me, that was the ratbag kid, okay, who wanted to swear and pull the bird and do all that sort of stuff, and I want to do what I want to do. Someone came after me. Someone wanted me as a part of the kingdom and came after me. And it, it switched my thinking a little bit about this parable. You see, 
Jesus doesn't value the 99 any less to chase after the one. Because I am the one. You are the one. You understand that? You are so valuable in his sight. The one that was valuable to the shepherd. This is a story about you and I in the Father's eye. Um, we just had Margaret Spicer with us this uh, past weekend, and she, she quoted um, Simon Sinek. I don't know if any of you know them. He's, he's the guy that talks about know your why. Okay? We have to understand what our why is before we do the how and the what. Okay? If we know why God loves us, why he's called us into his kingdom, why he's gifted us, why the church exists, then we can hold on to uh, those other things of how and what, the doing side of it. We're pragmatic as Kiwis. We want to run to the doing. One of the things I love about this is when I think about my three kids, you know, you lose one of your kids. It's very easy to understand losing one of your kids if you have kids, all right? Sometimes we wish we could lose one or two kids. Um, but you know what? The searing loss. I, I've had dreams where I've woken up sweating, thinking, where is one of my children? Why? Because there's a value. There's, there's something that, you, that God puts in your heart and you just love those children to death. You would never want to be without them. This is the kind of place we're trying to take ourselves in the series. Um, to scratch the depth of the love of the Father. Uh, last week I talked about self-awareness. And one of the things that um, I really wanted to, to jump into tonight is this, this element of knowing with security who we are in Christ, or being, in a sense, insecure of who we are in Christ. I think on different days, at different times, we can be in that place where we are insecure in our knowledge of who we are in Christ. And tonight, I want to want to take us there. See, insecurity told me that the 99 uh, were being left behind, that they were insecure. No, 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 no. I'm understanding that God was leaving them to chase after me. You are valuable to God because of who you are, because of who he has uniquely made you to be. There's a great book. Uh, I love it because uh, Max Licardo wrote it. And I used to read it to my kids all the time. And it's called You Are Special. How many of you know the book? There's a few of you. Wemix, who knows the Wemix? Okay, some of you need to get some Max Licardo books in your life, all right? <laughs> Uh, Max Licardo is a fantastic writer. Anyway, it's about Punchinello. And uh, Punchinello is uh, a wee guy and he's a wooden toy that a creator made. And he's getting these dots because he's doing things wrong and then you get stars for being cool or doing the right things. And I just love that picture of Punchinello coming into the, into the wood, wood tuna shop and he's, he's covered in dots. And as he speaks with, with the creator, the dots just start falling off. They start falling off him. And, uh, and the people in the village, you know, the story's fantastic. It talks about them losing their stars as well. And I heard the story this week that really broke my heart, and some of you will still see it in, online. It's a young uh, boy called Quaid who, you know, he, he's ran out with the, with the Kiwis and the Aboriginal team last night in the culture test match. But, you know, a week before, his, his video went viral of him saying, I, I, just, I, I just want a rope, Mum. I just want to die. I've had enough. People were bullying him and putting him in a place. It was that moment that broke my heart this week because everyone wanted to tell Quaid how valuable he is, how loved he is. 
And you know, some of you tonight are sitting in that place where maybe you feel a little bit like Quaid. And maybe you're just sitting there going, you know what, I just, I'm kind of worthless. I've, I've had these things going on in my life and I'm not, I'm not useful for much. And God wants to speak to you tonight. God wants to tell you some truth to get right down to the bottom there, to sink right down to the bottom of our heart because that is transformational for us. There is power in the secure knowledge of our intrinsic worth and value in Christ. You are valuable to God's work. There's this great passage, which we're going to have a look at, and I know it came up over our summer period, and Pastor Craig was praying, uh, sorry, preaching on this, and that is 1 Corinthians 12, where it talks about the body and how every part of the body is valuable to us. Let's read it together. It says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized in one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. Fantastic line there. It doesn't matter who you are, we are one in Christ. And we are all given the same one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand. Sorry, I'll go to the next one. Yep, that's right. Um, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. That's an interesting line. When we don't think we're worthwhile being a part of the body, God still believes you should be. Okay, It's a truth you need to let sink. And if the air should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. Nick one. That's right. Well, anyway, someone at the back follow me. Um, if the whole body were an eye, that's weird, uh, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Just as he wanted them to be. Let that sink in. As it is, there are many parts but one body. You see, there's a truth that comes out in this, and that's that every part of the body matters. I want to illustrate this tonight uh, by comparing this to possibly as a chef. If you lose your sense of smell, you lose your sense of taste. Have you ever noticed that? When you've got a cold, you can't taste things. Craig knows today. He's got a cold. <laughs> Preached through that twice. If you've got a cold, the, the sense of smell goes away because you don't blop. Okay? And then you can't taste anything. As a chef, that is quite discouraging. So when you get a cold, you're in this space and you're trying to taste things. You don't know if it's got too much salt, if you've even got all these things. There is a reason why all these things come together. Because they make the whole better. Everything works better if everything plays its part. There's four different parts on your tongue where you taste different things. Did you know that? A few of you did. Sweet at the front, salty at the back, bitter on the, uh, in the middle. It's all together. You lose part of your tongue, you lose part of your taste. Isn't that horrid? <laughs> no one's going amen. I'll just find this a bit strange. Uh, okay, <clears throat> part of the whole. One of the things I wanted to share is that you know, we can't be uh, one thing and then the same thing together with everything else. We are our individual selves, 
and then we are our collective selves. What do I mean by that? Well, let's take a look at this. What is that? It's an elephant. Okay, you can say elephant. Okay. When there is a group of elephants, it's called a? A herd. Right, there you go. A herd. We've got butt shots. That's, that's really good. All right. Next one. A lion. Okay. A group of lions is called? A pride. Okay, the ones that know the answers to this, just let the others try and work it out. Especially the front row over there. Okay. Who knows what a group of cheetahs is? Silence. You know what they're called? They're called a coalition. Our government's called a coalition. A coalition. How cool is that? Cheetahs. Are they cheetahs? I'm not, I'm not going there. You pray for the government. Pray for the government. It's election year. Okay. A donkey. All right, be careful. I know what some of you are thinking. All right. What is a group of donkeys? It doesn't start with A. It's called a pace. Okay. Oh, this is, this is a really good one. This is a really good one. What do you call a group of crows? It's a murder. <laughs> Who came up with a murder? They are scary animals. Okay. I've been to India. A group of crows look like they're going to murder you. All right. So, all right. Here's a better one. What do you call a group of, co- of vultures? <laughs> That's why we don't have too many of these in church. It's called a committee. It's called a committee. Okay, we don't like committees in the church. No, it has nothing to do with them being vultures. What am I trying to do by showing you this? What I'm trying to do is that each animal in and of its own has one name. But when that group of animals come together, they take on a new identity. Okay, so we go from a donkey to a pace, we go from a group, a vulture to a group of vultures called a committee. There is this change in, um, in their identity. Now, I want you to let that sink in a bit. Okay, as a Christian, you are a follower of Jesus, you understand who you are, you are saved by His grace because of His resurrection. I am free. I love these songs we're singing tonight. I am who you say I am, Lord. Okay, But when we, when we gather together, we get a new identity. What's it called? The church, the body. You see, when Paul's talking about the body, he's talking about a new identity that, that comes. Okay? There's something different about us as followers of Jesus when we come together. There's some great pictures throughout Scripture that God uniquely indwells his people as they gather. This is why we, we come together at night to do these things, to worship. We take on a new identity, one of God's very own children. Together we are his body, the body of Christ. You are his hands that serve. You are his feet that go. You are his mouth that share. You are his heart that loves This is why we're talking about you being an invaluable part. You see, you can't have a body with parts missing or parts not participating. Let me give you a bit of an example. Every part of the body matters because God put us together in this way. 
Verse 22, it goes on to say this in 1 Corinthians 12. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest all the least important are actually the most necessary. All of you together are Christ's body and each, part, each one of you are part of it. What is he trying to say to us there? I think um, a good example is, um, did you know that your hand gets 50% of its strength from the pinky? So if you cut off your pinky, okay, some people in here may not have a pinky, right? But apparently, physiologically, your pinky gives 50% of your hand strength. Want to do without your pinky? <laughs> Those of you that use your hands for your work. Uh, did you know <clears throat> that over your lifetime, that little thing that dangles in the back of your throat, it's called the uvula. Everyone say uvula. It's not sexy at all. Don't say it like that. Okay? The uvula. You know why it's not sexy? Because it produces over your lifetime the equivalent of two swimming pools of saliva. Mmm, interesting fact for you. Small part of your body producing quite a major thing. Armpit hair, okay? Armpit hair apparently diffuses your smell and makes you more attractive to the opposite sex. No one sniff your armpit right now. No one sniff you. Is the person next to you <laughs> sniffing your armpit? Woo, okay. Sometimes what you do can seem invisible. You know, just as I've described a few different parts of the body, you know, we go, oh yeah, the small finger, we don't, we don't really care about what the pinky does. But when, it, when you realize that the pinky plays an integral part to the hand strength, we go, that's important. We never think that way about ourselves as Christians, as a part of God's body, his church. They don't need me. It looks like they've got some professionals up the front. You know, Mon, she's great at emceeing. She can do that. Rob, he's preaching. Craig preaches. We've got great musicians. I'll just sit here and be a part of things. It's like cutting off the pinky, okay? It's like taking something away that doesn't make the whole complete. And we can think to ourselves, I'm not useful. Just because it's not visible doesn't mean it's not important. You are important to the growth and the life of this church. And I want to reiterate that to you. Here's a couple of stories to help you understand that. I've got some really good friends, Martin and Fiona, and they live in England now. And I was at a church back in early 2000s in Wellington. They came for the first time. They walked through the door, and there was a couple on the door uh, their name was Peter and Heather Evans. You know him as Chris's parents. There you go. Um, and they were on the door. And as Martin and Fiona came to the door, they welcomed them. And they said, oh, hey, is it your first time here? That's always a bit of a dangerous thing. you know. But they knew because why? They were on the door nearly every week. They wanted to make sure that the people who came through their door were welcomed. And uh, when they did come through the door, they said, what's your name? They said, Martin and Fiona. The next week, Martin and Fiona come back. Uh, to church. And as they're walking up, Peter and Heather say, hey, Martin and Fiona, it's great to see you again. That's all they said. Martin and Fiona are our really good friends and they, they chose to stay at our church because someone remembered their name on the door. That's kind of one of those pinky actions, right? You think, oh yeah, I just remembered someone's name. These people stayed as a part of the church because they remembered their name. 
I was um, 14 when I went into a church, and uh, it was, I talked about this last week, going into this church, giving my life to Jesus early on. I, I beat this guy at table tennis, just to add in there, you know, gave him a whooping, that's what I do, table tennis, uh, and uh, had, a bit of, had a bit of a joke with him, it was me and about 10 friends. At that night when the pastor preached, I gave my life to the Lord, and this guy who I whooped at table tennis, he came up to me with this very Bible. Um, in fact, it's signed in there with his name and the date that he gave me this Bible, the 4th of July, 1993. And he came up to me and he said, you know, Rob, um, this is just so cool to see God doing what you're doing. He wasn't the pastor. He was just one of the youth leaders. He says, it's just so cool to see what God's doing tonight. You need one of these. You need a Bible. And this, this Bible is a life application Bible. Um, it's, it's a study Bible. It probably was worth about 70 bucks. I was sitting there going, who gives these things away? Um, and he said, would you mind if I put my number in here, if I could meet with you and Dave, your mate, and uh, I'd love to tell you more about who Jesus is. And uh, over the next sort of six months, Matt would come around to, our, to um, Dave's house. And back then, hacky sack was the thing. You know, you just... And he would just play hacky sack with us and he'd talk to us about who Jesus was. Now... He never went on to be a pastor. He never went on to, uh, you know, lead churches and missions or evangelism. Or you know, He was just an ordinary guy who took an interest in some kids and thought, actually, I need to help them on their journey with Jesus. And uh, he knows that I've, I've taken him out for lunch and I've met with him regularly and sort of said, bro, that has led me to be who I am today. I'm, I'm a pastor in a church. I'm, 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 you took an interest in me. I was that ratbag kid that probably got kicked out, you know. Why, why do I share this? Because, well, the thing is, I, I came from a, a bad place. I came from a broken home. I was, a, I was that bad kid, but I always thought, you know, my past might disqualify, disqualify me from doing what God wants me to do. But the truth is that your past doesn't disqualify you. This guy that sat at the back of my church, his name's Mark, and he works with... Um, Gang members who are trying to get off pee. No one knew that. He sat in that corner and everyone was just scared of him. He's a huge dude, black, black hat, sat there like this, dark glasses. Amazing guy, lovely. Um, always got me to come and say hi and, and I'd pray with him and he'd pop into the office. People avoided him or were scared of him. He's just a lovely guy. His background was in gangs. He left gangs and he knew that they were still people that Jesus loved their past wasn't going to disqualify them from finding out what their future might be in Jesus. None of those other people in that room were doing anything for gangs. But Mark did. Why? Because God drew him out from that place, set his feet upon a rock, helped him to understand who he was in Christ, that he was valued, that he was a loved son of God, and that all of those people that he'd been associating with could be the same. And he took that piece of information to heart, deeply to heart. It transformed who he was, and therefore he used that um, to minister. He used that to motivate him into those new ways of being. I love that he wasn't disqualified by our people, and he didn't disqualify himself. Many of us in this room could possibly do that to ourselves, right? Many of us have disqualified ourselves from being involved, even in the most minor ways. 
And I want to give you these examples so that you'll see that God wants to use you. This morning, you know, Craig was talking about from Romans 3 that we're all sinners that were fallen short from God, fallen short of God's glory. But God can still use us, every single one of us. And tonight I want you to, to somehow grab a hold of the truth that your presence matters here. That your presence matters as a part of BBC. It matters as a part of the church universal and not just this place. Your presence matters. And I want you to get in your mind, imagine. Imagine if every part of the body works perfectly. Some of you are starting to think about someone like Usain Bolt. <laughs> Some of you are probably thinking about ways in which that might look in a physiological way. Imagine what it looks like as a church when everybody is playing their part. When everybody is living from the truth that they have been set free by Jesus Christ and empowered and given gifts to serve one another. Imagine when everybody gets a hold of that. That's where I want us to go this year. That's where I want us to be by the end of this series. As we go into these other series, they, they make sense because we are in that right place with Jesus. We understand our value in him and our place and our gifting. Um, I'm going to invite the band to come tonight um, as I close. I want to remind you that your story matters. Your gifts matter. Your voice matters. Your generosity matters. Your words matter. Your encouragement matters. The amount of times that someone has said something and it's just lifted me in that moment. Everything about what you are and who you are in Christ matters to this church and to the people sitting around you. It transforms a society. When you give a tithe or an offering, your gift makes a difference. When you pray a prayer, your faith moves the heart of God. When you invite someone to church, your invitation could change their life. <laughs> when you greet, when you listen, when you open your home, when you make someone a meal, you are showing the love of Jesus. And Scripture says what you do for the least of these, you are doing for Jesus himself. Um, as the band leads us tonight, I want us to just take a moment to be quiet and to be still and to take a moment to, to put aside some of those voices that have been telling us possibly that we're not good enough, that we're not gifted, that we're not valuable to God, that we're not in a place of service. Something in me, Lord, is disqualifying me. I want you to just take a moment and allow the truth of Scripture to tell you something different tonight. Would you stand with me? Let's just take that moment and then I'll pray. there is so much power that surges through us and into the life of others when we live from the truth of your word 
that we are valuable, that we are loved, that we are gifted. And Lord, your word tells us that. It speaks that truth into us. And sometimes, Lord, we allow everything around us, our circumstances, our own thinking, to rob us of that truth and that power. Tonight, Lord, as as we lift this final song, as we lift our eyes towards you, we open our hearts towards you, Lord, I pray you would speak truth where there is lies tonight, Lord. I pray that you would show your power, show your love to those who are struggling, to those who think they are disqualified, to those who don't feel a part of things. Father, I just pray you would bring truth and life as only you can by your Spirit tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name.